Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're talking about hidden rage. Uh, And this is really important because so many people in this life walk around with rage and then, you know, some little thing happens that reminds them of a bigger thing and they turn into a volcano and just go crazy. And it's it's really sad uh, that we have to go through life with rage underneath us. And and a lot of people don't understand where rage comes from. And, and that's why they call it anger management, because you manage your anger before you get to rage. But rage is where the real damage is done. And there's two real paths that can be identified that get you to rage. The, the first one is very important, and that is listening. Listening is respect. And when people feel heard, they feel safe. They feel respected. That doesn't mean you agree with them or anything like that. But what it means is you validate them. I understand. I hear what you're saying. So what you're telling me is this. I get it. And and people don't even do that for their spouse. I mean, it's pretty strange. And so what we have to understand is that, you know, as rage lingers in our life and we look to be heard, um, what happens is people pull away from us because they know that we have some kind of intensity. The other path is fear. And fear is a fight or flight emotion. And so it's very, very important to understand that if we live in fear, uh, we're going to have a lot of problems in life. And so uh, it's very important to get a hold of that rage that's underneath us. And I'm going to go into just looking at my notes here, but I'm going to go into just a little bit of a symptomology of how you can tell uh, anger that rage can manifest itself in people in many ways, which may surprise you. But there's some cues, um, you know, that there's some real understanding of behaviors that are warning signs that, that it's, it's piling on and that anger is about to come. You know, the first one, believe it or not, is procrastination in the completion of tax, uh, tasks, because especially the ones you don't like or, or don't want to do, you know, what you put off, your work deadlines, your phone calls, your laundry, your grocery shopping, going to the doctor, paying the bills, all of these have consequences in our life that manifest a, a sense of we're out of control. And that's where the rage comes in. And it's an anger towards ourselves. And quite frankly, most of the time, inner rage is something that is manifested towards us, but we project it on other people when they resemble what we're so upset about ourselves for and our self-defeating. You know, habitual lateness, that is another very strong sign that there is an inner rage. You know, are you late everywhere you go? Are there patterns? Always late to work, but early for engagements with the family or friends? Or or is it the opposite? Because some people are very selective about their lateness, especially towards their spouse. That's one of the things we see in relationships where we disrespect each other's time. The other thing is uh, if somebody is laden with sarcasm or cynicism or flippancy within 
you know, what, what context do you t- typically make sarcastic or cynical or flippant remarks? It's, it's only with certain people or, or with certain context, you know, is it that way? But in other words, if you're hidden rage is tied to a certain person in terms of what they bring out in you or is it more general you have to examine that is it is it tied more to how you feel in specific situations as opposed to whom you're with you know you have to ask yourself these questions also frequent sighing is another behavior you may not even realize you're doing this so you know make a note to be mindful of how uh, frequently you sigh and within, within what context and again this is with your head and your heart, does your expression match what you're really thinking or feeling inside? Another disturbing thing is, is frequent uh, frightening dreams um, or, or very disturbing dreams. You know, it, and it's frequent and that's the important sign. I'm not talking about onesie twosies. I'm talking about a frequent pattern of dreams like that. You know, we all have bad dreams and nightmares, but if they're persistent and they wake you feeling scared or unrested, anger could be at the root of it. Uh, A lot of times, excessive irritability over small things, and that's your typical passive aggressive person. Like road rage is a perfect example. You know, granted, there's times when other people's driving habits can, can be dangerous and warrant a strong reaction, but when you lose it, on the guy in front of you for missing a light or forgetting to turn on their blinker, the anger you're feeling was already there and it was just waiting to erupt. And, and so the same is true of other minor incidents throughout any given day for, for you know spilling your coffee or having trouble with your internet connection, whatever that may be, that is an example of where it comes out. It's just waiting there. It's not that that caused it, it's waiting to come out. The other thing is facial tics or uh, spasmodic uh, foot movements, and I'm not talking about caffeine uh, generated. You know, fist clenching, repeated physical acts done unintentionally. You know, these are things you may or may not be aware of, as with all other symptoms of anger. You know, simply put, uh, open noticing them and and be present and mindful of when they occur. Because if any of these signs ring true for you, you... You have to understand these are not behaviors to be cursed or vilified. Instead, consider the warning signs that anger may be present in you. And and the key is getting the root of the anger, which may or not uh, relate to a specific event. In fact, your anger is most likely tied to beliefs and relationships that span your whole lifetime. Boy, talk about being a loaded gun. You know, (laughs) if, if anger helps you feel in control, no wonder you can't control your anger. If that is what you use to feel in control, you uh, wonder often why you can't control it. You know, um, it is, you know, it, submitting, uh, uh, you know, aptly sums up this this sign, this this quote um, that basically sums up your professional experience uh, and when I'm talking about working with other people. And so, you know, I'm taught anger management a lot and delivered many professional presentations on the subject. But, you know, it really takes a lot of research to understand what the consequences to a human being is when anger is involved. And the big deal about it is, you know, stress and anxiety. Stress and anxiety are what triggers our 
uh, gene to activate that's our death strategy. It's our exit strategy from life. So if it's cancer or heart disease or whatever, that, that, that stress level is what exacerbates that gene to finally activate and then step into your life and take control. You know, um, if, if, if you looked at uh, Freud and his defense me- mechanisms and it, what he used to say is they, they exist to protect the personality from an intolerable attack of anxiety when the ego is under siege. And, you know, the ego is, is the part of you that you personify. It's not your actual self, but it's your, it's your cover. It's, it's what people look at. And um, so what was interesting is looking back on Freud, it's strange that he never considered anger as serving as a uh, psychological function, but he regarded it as an essential human emotion mainly designed to safeguard each of us from each other and, and uh, also from distressful emotion. And, uh, um, you know, Freud might have been expected to follow, but in you know, looking at it from an experiential perspective in my life and in my work, anger is almost never a primary emotion. And and that even when anger seems like an instantaneous knee-jerk reaction to, you know, be provocating, there's always some other feeling that, that arises with it. And this particular feeling is precisely what the anger has contrived to camouflage or control. And so what that means in, in, in real lingo, in, in real languages, uh, there's another emotion that the anger is hiding that we don't want to express. And so we use the anger as a way to personify that, either directed at ourself or directed at someone else. And... Um, also, it's, it's a neurochemical way of self-soothing. If you look at it just from a biological perspective, you know, angry people uh, suffer uh, a whole lot of self-image deficits. And many have been, you know, pretty successful in their careers, but uh, in some of their relationships, their, their anger just goes crazy. And so regardless of their achievements, um, you know, a lot of people have this I'm not good enough program inside their brain, which is a deep, deep, deep insecurity. And so, you know, in, when individuals are confronted with physical or, or psychological pain or the threat of that pain, the internal activation of anger, which is the fear response, will precipitate the release of a chemical expressly designed to numb it. And and so, you know, that's the neurologically that looking at it it's kind of a double-edged sword but it's detrimental to our relationships but it also is a way of the brain self-soothing and 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 numbing our sense of we finally released an emotion and didn't have it all stuffed inside of us And, and um you know you have to look at where anger goes and it's really a a bad way to go because it's the low road uh to you becoming um self-enterprise, you know, self-empowered. And and so in anger basically takes the air out of your tires. It, it can help you uh, self-medicate, you know, against psychological pain, but it's also very effective at helping uh, the, ward off the real feelings that we're having and really getting down to what's triggering that anger. And, and honestly, it's insecurity of some type. It's, it's, and to identify that, you need to get to that and understand that the anger and the rage is just a symptom covering up that and avoiding that problem. You know, it's it's very adaptive in some ways, 
but it also turns you into defeated and powerless because now that you've expressed your emotion, people don't know how to read you. And if it's really no uh, reason to have rage, then people know that there's something wrong with you. And that's what hurts the most because the rage comes out and then all of a sudden people look at that and they go, yes, instinctually, they understand that you're really hiding something and it's not that anger. It's like you're defending something so it won't be destroyed. And so it's sad that we hang on to emotions or are humiliated by our own emotions and run away from them. But sometimes, quite frankly, people have a very low emotional intelligence. And so what that goes to is the fact that they don't have a very good vocabulary. For instance, when a baby cries, well, they cry differently for different reasons. It could be for pain, for hunger, for boredom, for I just want to get my, you know, my parent or my mom, whatever. I want to get their attention, but they cry. And so your job as a parent is to interpret the cry. Well, anger is the same thing. It's like a, a very primitive emotion that's masking other emotions because you haven't cultivated those emotions and learned how to express them safely. And here's quite frankly, uh, people that are smart about their emotions learn how to be in their adult self. And what that means is you basically um, deliver your emotions in very simple form. You know, I'm frustrated. You know, I'm very angry. I'm very upset. Um, I'm very happy. You know, whatever that emotion is, you just state it. You don't have to demonstrate it. And you don't have to use your tone. You don't have to use your body. You don't have to do anything else but utilize that emotion through words and people stay in their adult self when they do that most often many people do that at work but they don't do it at home and it hurts it hurts their family it hurts everybody you know it's really um a way to deflect an intimate uh, vulnerable relationship if somebody's got an inner rage you know that they're basically carrying around something that nobody wants to be a target of and when you see those primal signs that I gave you earlier, uh, that's a, you know, it's not like we don't really understand there's something going on underneath that person. But, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, we all yearn for attachment. We all want that secure attachment. Maybe we didn't get it in childhood very well. But the deal is you're not going to get it if you utilize anger as your primary emotion. You will always have a distance from other people. If you want to use rage and anger in your life as a primary emotion, you'll never, ever truly get that secure attachment, that intimate relationship with someone else that you're looking for because you're driving a primal fear into the relationship. They're not going to let their guard fully down because they don't trust you emotionally and they don't trill, they don't want to be vulnerable to you and they don't want to be hurt. Most of us avoid conflict, quite frankly. And so, you know, the, instead of uh, uh, revealing what their heart aches for, uh, they get this uh, disapproving, rejecting response from their partner that's angry and has this rage. And so they basically have to stuff themselves because that is the only thing in the room. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of spouses that complain that their relationships seem to be going better than usual. And apparently, you know, they're starting to begin to get uh, better comfort because their partner finally worked on their inner rage. Very important to understand that is something that kills, kills, kills any relationship. You know, um, it also uh, it also gets people to withdraw 
And so when people are around it, they tend to not want to step into the conflict because it appears to be dangerous. So they just stay away from it. And so when someone's angry, how do you deal with that? Well, you validate. Okay, so you're upset because of this is happening. I understand. All right, I hear what you're saying. So what you're saying is this, 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 this. When you do that, you're starting to diffuse and 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 deactivate that person's anger because they're now being heard, and that's really all they wanted to be was heard. And sometimes when you hear them, you can actually get to the secondary emotion, which uh, no, the primary emotion, which the anger is hiding. And so it's really important to grab onto that. Also, we have to look, and and we're going to do that in a few minutes, but we also have to look at what other things come with rage because it correlates with other uh, uh, mental health diagnoses. And so it's important to see where that comes from. Some people have anxiety, some people, which is a hope, and then some people have depression, which is that hopelessness. And so it ties into that rage because we feel out of control when we have those primary uh, uh, feelings when the big hit of a depression comes or a big anxiety moment hits us, we feel vulnerable. And so naturally, rage comes in because that's, once again, a fight or flight emotion. All right. We're taking a break. Come back and we'll go into a little bit of these other uh, uh, diagnoses that ride along with rage. Come back. what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. dr gary bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone skype or in person in the seattle area Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. As we age, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with hosts Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a more fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the answers that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. 
Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about hidden rage. And, you know, so many people carry this stuff around. Uh, Many people hide it well. Some people don't. But the real deal is, is that, you know, there's other diagnoses that ride along with that. And if you carry that rage long enough, it's going to lay those diagnoses into your personality. And sadly, a lot of people don't deal with their problems and they don't want to take on something that's not tangential. That means you can't see it. So, um, you know, it's hard for people to want to deal with it. So depression and rage, they correlate. You know, depression in children is irritability. And with adults, depression, it, it, it can be caused by a number of things. Uh, you know, sometimes it's due to a specific, like a traumatic event, like losing someone to like a suicide or, or a prolonged emotional or spiritual abuse uh, by your partner or someone that's meaningful to you or even a, chi- a child or a parent. It also can be caused uh, by an addiction to technology or a chemical imbalance. You know, other common cause of depression is anger. And, and that's where we're, we're focusing today. Anger that you may not even recognized. And, and that's that hidden rage, that hidden anger that y- you've uh, suppressed from your conscious acknowledgement. And, and you, you may be angry at a family member that continues to, uh, you know, exert a lot of control over your life, angry with God, angry for an unavoidable health problem, angry at a friend who betrayed you. Um, you know, while this anger festers, these feelings of anger and resentment can, can, manifest in unforeseen ways, you know, ways that you can't see. And so depression is one of those ways that rage will manifest itself because it becomes hopeless because it's out of control. You know, um, if you look at it, you know, while if you're hurting and you're smiling while you're hurting, um, that that's a strong understanding that there's a rage underneath you. You know, people that laugh at something that, 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 shouldn't be laughed at, something that, that's painful, um, you know, what they're basically doing is trying to exit um, from being able to uh, express themselves. Um, also, uh, some signs, another sign is they're feeling a monotone speaking voice. This is like Eeyore, you know, they, they just kind of keep themselves down and keep themselves monotone, but they know underneath themselves there's a great disappointment. Here's a deal. Depression is created by unmet expectations. We may have thought somewhere in our life that it wouldn't be the way it is or that we would have accomplished more with our life or that we would be financially stable at this point in our life or that, you know, that our health would be in a better place. And we just sit on those expectations as if that's what the reality is. We don't accept the reality and work from there. Instead, we just want, want, want this expectation. We may have an expectation that our partner would take care of their own problems or our partner will be more responsible. We may, you know, have these expectations of our children that they get their homework done, whatever. And if you have expectations that are unreasonable, you're going to have depression and you're going to have rage and it's going to exacerbate throughout your whole life. You know, uh, it's clearly, you need to understand that with depression, there's there's signs and symptoms. You know, some people feel depressed all the time, you know, and, and so they, they just feel like their life is mediocre. 
or they don't feel it's worthy of anything. And so they feel down because their view of themselves is so negative. And you know, it's, what's strange is some people are anxious and since they feel anxious, they feel our life's out of control. And so then the, it, it also correlates to depression. And so anxiety and depression tilt together. So some people are depressed because they're anxious and some people are anxious because they're depressed and they can't get out of bed and, and take control of their life. And so, you know, it's really important to kind of understand that it all is created through self-destructive, self-defeating behavior and thoughts that are completely unreasonable and delusional about where things are. If you want to make peace with your life, you have to accept the things that you will not accept and work with that and begin to understand how to work with that. There's no anger involved in that. Peace is acceptance. Peace is where you want to be because peace offers you every single emotion you have because they are all available to you instead of one. You're no longer hiding anything. Peace is a release and you can get that through Christ, give your life to Christ and all of a sudden, bang, there, God's in control. You're not in control. That's a great thing. That's a great thing from a Christian perspective, but it also peace can be an understanding of I can only control certain things in this life instead of trying to get the whole donut, just do the inside, which is basically the, the little hole. <laughs> that, that's what you can control, not, not everything else in this life. And if you get those expectations down, you're going to walk right out of depression because depression is a thought disorder that is generated through our genetics and it's also exacerbated by how we think. Um, if you're feeling jittery or anxious, you know, if somebody's always saying that you're keyed up, um, that means you're 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 getting underneath. You're, they're getting underneath you and understanding that there's an anxiety there, but there's probably a rage there because you're feeling out of control. And so, you know, and, and it's not a logical rage, um, but it can be. But once again, those those two paths uh, is being heard. If you feel heard, that's great. But if you feel scared or afraid, if you feel fear. You're going to go to anger just to fight or run, and that's what we all do. So jittery, anxious people often run. Um, also, criticism feels like it's the end of the world. That's depression. You know, if people can't take criticism, you know, with a grain of salt that all of us have our perceptions of things, and most of everybody, if not everybody in this life, has a warped perception of things. And so it's really good to get a, a grip and understand of, of, you know, giving too much power to too many people is never a good thing. That's not going to help your life. Uh, also, if you look visibly angry, you know, a lot of people carry it on their face. And uh, so when, when you're feeling angry, you know, it'll show outwardly, no matter how hard you try to hide it, people understand it. They will read it because... They know they have to live a defensive life. They have to go out there and deal with crazy people. And you may be one of them. <laughs> so, also, if sarcasm is your main way of going, the main way of talking uh, to people or talking, you're, you're also a really good candidate that you're carrying a lot of rage underneath you. Also, you know, some people just feel like they're sick and it's, it's a, usually a somatic problem. But they also they just feel like they have a lot of physical complaints and somatic means it can't be identified by a doctor. And those are signs of depression. You know, um, 
if you've ever been really angry and then you you already know, uh, you know, there's a lot of stress involved in carrying that anger. So people have headaches, blood pressure, digestive distress, chest tightening, head pressure. Uh, it just doesn't feel good at all. And it's not good because when you have that anger, you're also stressing out all your organs. You know, people that hold a grudge, that's that's a big one. You know, while it's annoying, that means you can't forgive. And, and people that hold a grudge are always hitting on the negative event that happened and never, ever, ever try to look for forgiveness. And where forgiveness is, is did you really intend to hurt me? Did you intend for this horrible thing to happen? You know, you made a bad choice, but how did you make that choice? What did you do to make that choice? What what was in your mind? If you examine the process of making a bad choice, you have forgiveness in your heart. If you're hitting on negative events, you just hold grudges and you lack forgiveness in your life. And that in itself means you have inner rage inside you that is hidden and it comes out whenever people betray you or you perceive that they betrayed you rather than examine what their process was in making a choice. And, uh, you know, a lot of people get aggravated because they don't feel like anybody ever helps them. But did you ask? Did you ask? And did you ask in a way that people would listen to you? Or do you listen? If and angry people often don't listen, they have their own label on everybody and everything in their life. And they talk to you as if you are that in the, the way that they see you, that label. And they treat you as such. The the other ingredient of, of uh, you know, people that are angry, they are nitpickers all the time. That's their pastime. They're constantly feeling angry. And so they find reasons to release the anger. Oh, you didn't wash the dishes. Oh, you didn't pick up this. I'm always having to do this. You know, whatever it is, you know, toilet paper, peeing on the toilet like my son, um, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. There's a hidden hostility uh, under us. Because all those things that we nitpick about are reflective of how we feel that we're not getting our needs met. And if you would look at that in in human terms, that's like your love language. If your needs aren't being met, that is a need. Your love language is a need. It could be giving gifts. It could be time together. It could be, um, you know, just uh, going by, you know, doing something together or uh, um, could be chores. It could be all kinds of stuff. Whatever is important to you. As your love language, that's what uh, you're going to start picking on other people that they're not doing for you. And, and you know, you got to know that if people are concerned about you and they feel like you're not yourself, that's a real good sign that this is time to take a commitment and work with somebody like a therapist in a confidential way that can help you examine what you're thinking and get down to the roots underneath the anger down to the emotion that it's really, really hiding. You know, (laughs) if you look like a boiling, a person that's boiling with rage or screaming or yelling at you, that's pretty scary when somebody does that. And, And if you're an angry person, you need to think about when you were treated that way. You know, all you want to do is scream and yell back, but you know it's not going to be good for anyone because it's going to lead to something worse, which is likely a physical fight. You know, um, how to deal with others, it's very important to understand. So, you know, if you look at the neuroscience, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do it. So, you know, suppressing anger is rarely a good idea. 
to grit your teeth and hold it in and say you're fine, to grind your teeth down in the middle of the night because you're so stressed out and angry is not a good thing. You know, um, suppression can work and you can bottle up your feelings, but the problem is you can't bottle them up all your life. It's almost always a bad idea because it will come out. It will come out like boiling water. That's kind of how it operates. It, it, it Once the, the seeds of it are there and you just keep building on it and building on it and why you're angry, then it starts to form in a sense that it's got to come out. It starts to manifest in all these signs that we talked about before, but then it finally blows. And then you look absolutely crazy and your relationships shift. And so, you know, um, <laughs> if you look at uh, bottling up that stuff, it's it's just a horrible idea, and and you got to come to the adult understanding that that's not going to help you. You know, when you try to stop yourself from crying and the tears aren't cathartic, but you don't feel better afterward, that's that's a sign that there's some anger there. And anger is no different. What what happens to the brain when you clamp down at rage? It it just blows up more. And so let's talk about dealing with emotion. You know, emotions really cannot last more than three minutes unless you ask them, why do I feel this way? And we are always trying to logically deduce our emotions and they're not meant to be logically deduced. They're meant to motivate us to get things done or to go towards our ideas and finish them. And that's called emotional intelligence. You borrow an emotion that motivates you to get something done. And it could be a negative emotion, positive emotion, whatever it is. It could be frustration, whatever. But it motivates you to get something done that needs to get done. And, and it makes you do hard. That's why what we are supposed to be doing with our emotions. We borrow them to get things done. Unfortunately, people are control freaks. And so what they want to do, what we as humans do, is we try to control the emotion and ask ourselves why. And every time you ask a why, you're giving that emotion three more minutes. And eventually, it's like a wave. It turns into a tidal wave because you keep ruminating, meaning you keep recycling why you feel the way you feel in that emotion. And that just screws up your whole life. Um, but, but people don't manage their emotions. If you stop feeding it, stop asking why and let it sit there for a few minutes, it will go away. And that includes a panic attack, believe it or not. But people, when a panic attack, they want to run, run, run. They get scared. They think it's medical. They start going to why, why, why. And instead, just have the panic attack and don't feed it. And guess what? Drink some water, maybe do some exercise and restabilize your life. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about how this anger works and then how to deal with it. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. 
That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Are you aware that each one of us was born with a mission, a sense of purpose? Even if you don't know it yet, it will reveal itself. Pay attention to the clues that will lead you to uncover your mission. Listen to Mission Possible Program with host Carol Ann Fernandez. Along with some amazing guests, Carol Ann seeks to help you along the journey to manifest your mission. It's time to unleash your greater potential. Mission Possible Program airs live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about hidden rage, and it's really important to come to grips with this thing. There's a lot of things that uh, you want to do if you're, uh, you know, dealing with stuff that's uh, rage in your life or somebody else has rage in your life. You know, you really got to start understanding that it's not about you. They must be having something going on in their life. What if you dealt with anger from an empathetic perspective, meaning you feel for them because they're so angry and you don't understand why? So instead of buying their anger as you're the reason they're angry, you buy their reaction and empathize with it and say, wow, where's all that coming from? And instead of condemning them, you're acting, you're you're concerned for them. And that's an important thing to do is when you go towards it, then they have they get confused because they're 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 expecting a fear response from you. But if you go towards it with empathy, it's like, wow, that comes from a real place where they can identify and it helps shift the fear. You know, um, when you change your beliefs about a situation, your brain changes the emotions that you feel. You know, we choose to react to life the way we choose to think. We choose to react to events. And instead of looking at the event, we have to choose a reaction to the event. And, you know, some people are good at modeling a healthy reaction to an event. Other people aren't. They just go for the most primitive thing. And every time you do the easiest thing, you reinforce it. And that becomes your go-to for your emotional response to anything that relates to that particular event. So, you know, reinterpreting stress as excitement, that could improve your, your, your performance. Let's say you're, you have test anxiety. What if you looked at it, I'm excited about the test. I'm excited because I know it's important. So what if you, you know, I, I frankly, I look forward to taking tests. I love tests. I, I think they help uh, get my brain engaged. And I think it's all good for us. But if people have a anxiety of their outcome of the test, 
then they're never in the process of taking the test. They're dealing with the anxiety and the fear instead of actually throwing their head into the test and getting it done. You know, your your amygdala doesn't get worked up uh, like it does with suppression. It, you know, it calms down when you go towards the problem. You know, it's how we choose to think, how we choose to react. That is what runs our life. You know, if, if, you, if you used empathy in your life as a human being, as one of your go-to emotions that you engage in any uh, situation that seems to be controversial, it seems to be riddled with rage, it seems to be riddled with anger, what tends to happen is people cool down. I know that I've managed people uh, in work where people nearly threw away their career by acting on an angry emotion that somebody that really didn't deserve it uh, didn't need to receive. And so by empathizing and pulling them aside, I said, wait, what do you think you're doing? This is not a good way to handle this. I, I want you to keep your job. I want you to keep your retirement. Let's not put all that at stake for this, that this person is not worth you losing everything. And so that empathy, when we go into it from that perspective, we're, we're offering ourselves a, he- a heavy or a, a healthy and safe way to walk through our life. You know, you know, if you go around thinking paranoid thoughts like people are out to get you or that, you know, they, they like making your life miserable. If you have that perspective, that's how you're going to react to life. And so that rage is a, you, has got you in a one down position. And, uh, you know, the, these you're making yourself way too important when you're paranoid. You know, when people are paranoid, they're they're like the god of their own life. You know, they, they're, they're looking at everyone else as, a, as targeting them and they're better than those people. But that's not the way to go. You know, we have to understand that if you put too much empathy, uh, too much uh, emphasis on other people, well, we lose who we are. You know, a lot of people live their life through the eyes of other people rather than who they want to be and what they want to accomplish with their life. And if people actually throw themselves into a passion, there's not a lot of room for anger. If you're throwing yourself into a passion and while you're you're doing something passionately, the anger is not constructive. And we all know that. But a lot of us you know, don't understand that time is our worst enemy. And when you have too much time on your hands, oftentimes there's going to be destructive thoughts in your mind. And oftentimes there's going to be emotions in your mind that are not constructive. And, and they begin to run your life because you're not doing anything with your time. And so some people don't respect the time in their life. They don't really enjoy uh, the, the t- too much time on their hands and they end up doing self-destructive things. And then they have to answer for those self-destructive things about how they've managed their time. And some people just don't do a good job of it. They don't prioritize or they have no passion in their life. They have nothing that really drives them to want to accomplish good things. All right, here's some ways to get rid of anger. Don't suppress. Go ahead and state your emotion. You know, uh, communicating is good, but venting also oftentimes increases your anger because oftentimes when you're venting, the other person is receiving it and getting defensive because they know that you're projecting something on them that they don't own. 
And so a lot of people get very defensive, especially in marriage, and they don't allow the other party to vent. And so if you're going to vent, you have to let them know you're venting. It's important to say that, especially if they're going to give you a defensive reaction. And also, um, think of yourself that it's not about you, but that other person may be having a bad day. And that allows you to empathize. And that's a good way to understand how to deal with anger and how to get rid of it. And sometimes someone gets under your skin and and the suppression is the only thing you can do to avoid yourself from, you know, uh, creating a homicide or something like that. You know, (laughs) sometimes can it can cause you to tolerate bad situations that you need to get rid of. And so you go somewhere safer like your partner and you go after them. And that's not always a healthy thing if you don't tell your partner what they're stepping into. You know, uh, be be compassionate uh, about what's going on inside of the other person's head. That's the safer way to go. Also, we're going to talk about this, is, and I already did talk about it, but forgiveness. You know, it, it, it makes you less angry and m- makes you more healthy if you learn how to forgive. You know, significantly, uh, forgiveness uh, requires people to have uh, fewer medications, less alcohol, more uh, low bread, low bread blood pressure. Uh, also, the uh, state of forgiveness is significantly associated with a lower heart rate, fewer physical symptoms, and and all those findings are actually result in a decreased level of anger not being uh, out there and forgiveness being your goal. If you lived a life where you move towards forgiveness, what you're going to do is hold on to less anger because anger is like a poison and uh, you know it eventually will, will take you down and it will take control of you. So there's, why are you so angry? It, you know, you have to ask yourself that. And, and so the first thing to do is to, to help answer some questions. Why am I angry? Well, face it. Don't avoid the red, that, you know, that, that, that warning light. Um, the most important thing is to first face the fact that we all struggle with anger. As humans, we naturally react emotionally to distressing situations because we know there's something out of control that we can't control. The other thing is to, to, to find where your anger is. Find the root of it that's lodged deep within us. And I'll guarantee you it's not the anger that you're going towards or the rage, it's something else, something deeply rooted in your insecurities. And it's an emotion and it's an attachment to a theme somewhere in your life that doesn't get met because of the expectations you've laid on that theme and and not fed it right. You've just, the people that actually could give you what you need are riddled with anger because you're riddled, you're facing them with anger and dumping anger on them. And so they don't meet your needs. And so they continue not to because you're going at it with the wrong emotion. You know, so when you figure it out, you know, other other people come angry when they're hurt in relationships and, and they're caused pain. So when, it, you know, the root of, of your anger is often found in the little frustrations that, that continue to build up. And you got to recognize what those little frustrations are because they will catch up with you. And after you figure it out, then deal with the fear. Sometimes the best way to face your fear is to, to write it down. Take the time to examine what you're deeply afraid of. And, and you'll be able to rationalize your thinking. 
And in the future, this may help keep the fears from building up into anger. Also, dealing with the pain. You know, if, if you're trapped and experiencing pain, you know, go talk to the person who caused you the pain right now. Whether the hurt is a result of misunderstanding or an intentional attack, you won't be able to move forward until you discuss your pain with that person who hurt you. And and only when confession and forgiveness are present, you'll be able to let go of your anger. Also, deal with frustration. While we can't always choose what happens to us, we can choose how to respond. So, so in response to frustrating moments, choose to dwell on the positive. Also, frustration is sometimes a result of unmet expectations and make sure those expectations are realistic and show grace if they're not fulfilled. You know, we punish other people. And this is uh, from, and I thought this was such a beautiful uh, quote, Miguel Angel Ruiz. We punish other people for the same mistake a thousand times. Every time it comes in your memory, you judge them again and punish them again. That is such a realistic understanding of rage. You know, have, have you ever hated someone so much you, j- you just can't get them out of your head? So it's like when the car radio plays a terrible song while you're on your way to the grocery, you find yourself humming that terrible song as you walk past, you know, the, the cheese and or whatever and, and you, as you're putting things away. So, you, you know, what's, what, what unforgiveness is or lack of forgiveness is the habit of feeling tortured even when your torturer is gone. So you just keep ruminating like a bad song being stuck in your head. You know, if you you replay those hurtful words everywhere you go, even when you're not around them, you're still ruminating over the things that they said to you or the things that are happening, and you just keep carrying it. And that's what steamrolls that anger. You know, forgiveness can feel impossible. It could feel like a like a Rubik's cube uh, that you could never solve, but it, it's really worth the effort. You know, it's not in your your. Um, it's really more not for the enemy. It's not for the bad person that hurt you. It's for you. It's for you. That's what the forgiveness is for. It's for you to make peace. You know, sometimes I tell this this little allegory, this little story um, about a, a, a wise man. And what basically happened in a village with the wise man, the neighbors said, uh, our daughter tells us that you got her pregnant. And he said, is that so? And they said, yes, absolutely. And when you have that, when she has this baby, you're going to take care of it. So they destroyed his reputation in the village. And he went on with his life. And when she had the baby, they brought the baby to the door. They said, here is your child. He said, is that so? And they said, yes. So he, they hand the child to him, and he takes that child for a year, and he raises it and nurtures it and, and loves it and, and does everything that he normally did with his garden and his life, and he, he, he just enjoyed it and developed a really good bond with the baby. All right, so a year comes by, and then they come back to the door, the neighbors, they come back to the door, and they say, well, look, um, we discovered that the butcher's son got our daughter pregnant, and we would like the baby back. He said, is that so? And they said, yes. He handed the baby back. The root of that story, just understanding, is that we cannot control the perceptions, the events, how we're talked about, if we're talked about. But if we stop making ourselves so important and and always trying to make a case for ourselves in other people's minds, 
if we just accept the fact that we're here and we don't make ourselves so important, we begin to understand that we have a lot of freedom in life and we can choose to respond differently to life. And that's a really strong and good way to begin to understand. I'm sorry I'm such a poor uh, uh, storyteller. (laughs) Okay. You know, reflect on what the person did to you on a big level and how can you get your freedom back from this person that you've identified you have anger with? You know, it boils down to, to Socrates, basically. The secret of change is to focus all your energy, not on the fighting of the old, but on the building of the new. You know, um, it's really important that, you know, that you'll, you'll basically understand that the journey is more important than the destination. But here in this life, we are all so impatient. And that's the sad thing is that we, we don't like process. We want outcomes. We want outcomes right now. And we want process that other people did rather than what we do. And the, the whole thing is you have to understand that life is about process. And if you invest in process, you invest in healing and you invest in great outcomes because anything in your hard, anything that's hard in this life, you know, makes your life easier. And don't and carrying around anger, carrying around fear, uh, that's not something that we need to have in our life. And it's really something, and I see it over and over and over again. That, you know, sometimes we're too stubborn to admit that we have needs because in our society, need is equated to weakness. But when we keep our anger inside, it often ends up being expressed through other feelings like depression and guilt. And that, that's Elizabeth Kubler-Ross uh, stated that. And I feel like, you know, understanding that is a beautiful statement and it's really important to grab onto. All right. That's our show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. You can do that through our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, never pick a fight with a woman over 40 because they're filled with rage and all out of coping skills. (laughs) All right. You you know you might have road rage problem when your five-year-old says, pick a freaking lane, you dickhead, while sitting in your cart at Costco. (laughs) Also, coffee. Is coffee is the remedy to homicidal rage until it starts to wear off. <laughs> and so that's our show. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 